0: Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, going the jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam, put him in the Hall of Fame. Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more, what more y'all
1: want me to prove, man? Levine with the runway!
0: Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you through our 670 Wait, score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best
2: podcasts,
0: period. I'll keep and what you do best. I love you guys so kick back relax and get ready for the best hour of your day it's 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 raw you can just see the vibe locked on Bulls starts now here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck okay cool I was
2: hoping it wasn't one of those nothing programs Welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order matt welcome back from the weekend uh first and foremost man did you enjoy the abbreviated all-star weekend at least uh, the all-star day i guess and uh yeah did you spend the entire sunday prepping yourself for it and were you excited did you watch everything
1: what up jordan what up bulls nation um you know what I, i did enjoy it obviously it was a bit more truncated and squeezed together Uh, You know, the the halftime dunk contest was obviously the worst part of the night, given the fact that we didn't see any truly inspiring dunks. And once again, the slam dunk contest judges appeared to not know what the hell was going on, because I thought that the best dunk of the night was Cassius Stanley's first dunk, and that was the lowest graded dunk of all of them. So I was confused. And yes, I'm a little biased because I'm obsessed with Cassius Stanley. That kid's got hops. I wanted the Bulls to take him in the second round, but whatever. I I loved the three point contest, seeing Steph in his element like that, and just letting everyone know, yeah, I'm still you know Steph bleeped Curry was awesome, uh, especially his his you know final rounds with the crazy come from behind on the final rack, and and then the All Star game itself, like some of it was you know bad defense, nobody's actually trying, just lollygagging back and forth stuff, but we did see some really cool moments, especially I think it was like at the end of the first half when you had. You know the the undersized guards throwing lobs to each other, and you know you had like Steph getting an alley oop, CP three getting an alley oop, and then Steph and Dave just taking turns doing half court shots that they knocked down. Like it was it was really awesome, and and to to have our own Bulls representative there, uh, Zach Levine, um, it was just it was awesome, man. You know it's a shame that it you know it was condensed and a mostly empty arena because we're still dealing with COVID, but. Uh, having had my reservations for whether or not the league should do it in the first place, I I left being fairly entertained.
2: Were you triggered that your boy D. Wade was on the the broadcast for most of it?
1: No, whatever, man. (laughs) I mean, at at least they didn't let him Judge the dunk contest again
2: Yeah that's true I said that they uh, Reggie Miller still has Bulls hate in his heart I don't care how old he is Or how far removed he's from the NBA Oh, of course I, said, he does. I said he was trying to sabotage Zach Levine's three point shooting contest his he trying to mess up on his flow because he was doing an interview like two minutes before they started the entire contest and zach at one point at the end was just like guys i gotta go like I, I gotta go get shots up before before we start this contest so maybe a little sabotaging going on by the former pacer but i thought it was good man i actually enjoyed the condensed one day version all of it being kind of in a four-hour stretch uh, the dunk contest, though, you're right. It was that was garbage. Everything else was pretty enjoyable, though. Even the skills contest, man, was good. Going back and forth with Vucevic and uh, Sabonis, and Sabonis ended up winning it.
1: Yeah, uh, my other takeaway from the All Star Night was that, yeah, you know, for the most part, the TNT crew is entertaining. Um, And, you know, despite, yes, I agree that the Bulls hate that still lives at his heart. I always have found Reggie to be entertaining, um, but I've always been unimpressed with Chris Weber uh, as a commenter and Marv Albert, dude, I, you know, I think there's been some talk recently that he's getting close to retirement. Like he should retire today after his performance in that all-star game, the dude, was calling players by the wrong names. He didn't know what was going on when Dame knocked down that crazy half court shot. He thought it was Steph and was rattling off Steph's shooting Steph shooting statistics when like it was Dame wow. who just made that previous shot. He was confusing Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. Like the, the man is 80 and needs to retire because there was some epic shit happening, especially that part I was talking about towards the end of the se- the, the second quarter. And Marv's just like, that dude didn't know what planet he was on. It is time for, he is a legend. Marv Albert is an NBA broadcasting legend, but he needs to retire. He he was doing his best to ruin that all-star game.
2: I did notice that, like, I didn't have the broadcasts, the volume up hardly at all. I was listening to podcasts and some other stuff while I was watching it, so I didn't catch all of that. That's, man, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now. I did catch, like, here and there some of the highlights, and I was like, yeah, he's, like, the combination of losing his voice and also not, not that enthusiastic overall, but uh, it was fun, man. I-, I thought this All-Star game, for what it's worth being one day, then putting it on, having to do it kind of on the fly. I thought it was good. Zach Levine showed out in the All-Star game too, man. His over-under on points was six and a half going into the game, and he ended up finishing with 13. Um, a little disappointing to see him in the th- three-point contest get knocked out in that first round, but it's cool to have a participant, a guy that's actually repping the Bulls for once, and a lot of positivity, man, around this weekend for, for at least a Bulls fan.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to see Zach win the three-point contest in his second straight year as a participant. And, you know, he he got off to a a rocky start. You know, he put all his money balls, um, you know, in that first corner spot um, and just, you know, wasn't in a rhythm yet. So, you know, he has shot the best in all areas behind the three point line from that spot this season. So it made sense that he would put his balls there, but I don't know, like maybe start at the other corner and work your way around and save those for last. When you're in a rhythm, Um, he, he, you know, got out of that Rocky start and, and made his way around the perimeter, getting into a better groove. But I think the thing that did him in is that he didn't hit either of those mountain dew balls, from range because people talk about that being Steph Curry range and and you know Dame range but Zach has proven that he absolutely has that range on his three point shot that he's developed over the last year or so i think the thing that was uh you know probably to his disadvantage is that when you've seen Zach pull up from range like that kind of range where you're launching from 30 plus feet he usually is doing it off the dribble um you know a, a fair amount the majority of Zach's threes overall this season are off the dribble as opposed to catch and shoot, but especially those deeper range ones, he's pulling up in rhythm after a few dribbles, as opposed to just pulling him off of you know a, a one ball rack and then shooting. So uh, it w- it was unfortunate that uh, he didn't make it to the second round, but the, you know to me, obviously the 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 more happy thing was that Zach was actually in the All Star game itself this time around.
2: Agreed, and Zach has been. He's been nothing short of incredible. He was getting the props that he deserved. You know, we were talking a lot. Like,
1: can, can we just like rag on James Harden for a second for two terrible lobs? Yeah. That was for Zach out, Levine. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, like, at least Zach got one out alley-oop. And then that weird like behind the back. Uh, Quasi lob thing that Harden tried for Zach. He wasn't able to to dunk it cleanly, but still, like you know, readjusted his possession of the ball in midair and actually converted the layup, which was impressive in itself. But we we were robbed of a couple other spectacular Zach dunks because Harden can't lob for shit.
2: I did see the dunk contest winner though was getting some advice from Zach Levine too. Is like, hey, was my were my dunks worthy? Where did they did they match up to par? At least for me, I didn't sorry, Anthony Simons, I, I don't think you're five feet miss of a kiss dunk was worthy of winning the slam dunk contest. So yeah, that Gosh. that made me mad too, man. But Zach Levine was like one of the best three-point shooters from any of the spots on the floor this season so far, man. Did you, like Let me read these really quick to you. Corner three, Zach Levine is shooting 47.8% this year. Zero dribbles, catch and shoot, 48.3%. Pull up threes, 42.1%. And the Bulls are only middle of the road on three-point attempts across the league. They're 16th this year in about 344 uh, attempts per game man so zach has been unbelievable in in every breath and it was cool to see him out there even though he didn't win
1: yeah and and the the thing you mentioned that was really cool was seeing these younger guys uh, participating in the dunk contest kind of going over to zach who is now the elder statesman of the dunk contest you know, he was introduced with like the all-star lineups as you know, high-flying two-time slam dunk champion Zach Levine because all-star weekend—that's what he's been known for. But it—it's been a while now. It was what 2016, um, you know, when when he and Aaron Gordon had that epic one back and forth. So it like, how many times does Zach need to tell people? I feel like that part of my career is behind me. You know, he is an actual all-star now. He's not just the side event of of being a dunk participant. Now there are these 19, 20, 21-year-old kids coming up to a almost 26-year-old Zach Levine being like, hey, hey, old man, Like, did you like that dunk I just tried to pull off? It's really cool. And I think that that should be a sign to everyone in the league. That is Zach's status now. He is no longer Zach Levine dunker. He is a two-time dunk champion, but he is so much more than that now. And People who are still only referring to him as Zach Levine dunker need to start respecting him and saying, you know, dunk champion legend Zach Levine, but he is more than that. Now that's in his past. He has said it repeatedly that it's in his past. Stop bugging him to do the dunk contest. That's behind him. He is on to bigger and better things and he's about winning and being an all-star. But I did think it was funny that a lot of people were like, um, and I think even one of the commenters said it. Um, they were like, yeah, Zach Levine's dunk in the warm-up line, in the layup line in the Bulls game like a few days ago is better than anything we saw in the actual contest.
2: Seriously, man. That's 100% the truth. The, uh, anybody asking for Zach Levine to do the dunk contest, think about this for a second. Why the hell would he do the dunk contest when he's got a max contract waiting for him in 18 months? fuck that any chance of screwing up the bag long term man it's the same reason lebron didn't do it same reason he doesn't do it same reason every of these big stars don't do it especially if you're coming up on a contract man i don't blame it at all watch after he signs a a max deal in two years i bet you see you see a return of zach levine back in the dunk contest man um but yeah, I, I I had I had fun. I had fun watching it. I was more entertained than I thought I was going to be, man. Uh, I want to get into some of these Bulls rumors, though. Uh, we still got things surfacing as we don't have a couple of we don't have games till the end of the week this week, but we've got plenty of rumors about potential buyout candidates, uh, trade rumors still about the Bulls being involved in a lot of different places. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But want to tell you guys first about Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, the college. college. College basketball and the NHL are all in full swing right now. BetOnline even covers you for awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, odds, and it's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, So the hot stove is getting a little bit warmer, Matt, with the Andre Drummond news. I know we talked about it last week, but... I guess my biggest question, and kind of thinking about it this weekend, was regardless of what it would cost the Bulls to get Andre Drummond or a player like him, uh, how how do you see him specifically fitting in with this team? Say the Bulls do go out and get him, uh, coming off the bench, is he a starter? How much how much influence does he have on the offense? Uh, what could he benefit? What could the Bulls benefit from him being here? And what might be some drawbacks from having him?
1: So. I think there's basically two schools of thought here uh, that I, you know that I've heard among Bulls fans who are even to some level interested in Drummond, and there are those who think, "Hey, Wendell is an exciting, you know, young player who's still developing, but right now Drummond is better than Wendell Carter Jr., so Drummond would probably start." And there are some who say why bring in Drummond who's on an expiring deal and may not be a long-term piece and put him ahead of Wendell in the rotation when developing Wendell should be a priority for this organization right now. And what would that do to Wendell's confidence? And what would that do to Wendell's rhythm? And I certainly see certain uh, elements of legitimacy to both of those schools of thought right now, I am leaning towards thinking that AK Eversley and Donovan would prefer to continue seeing what Wendell can do in the back half of this season, especially on the offensive end. We know the defensive struggles of Wendell being an undersized center, and maybe that is something that the team's new front office will continue to address moving forward. But the thing that Donovan has really, you know, gotten out of these guys so far, is playing some pretty efficient basketball on the offensive end most nights, and yes, we know the turnovers and um, and you know trying to cut down on those. But they're playing at a fast pace. They're knocking down uh, some pretty efficient shooting numbers. They're a solid three-point shooting team most nights, and Drummond might slow that down a little bit. Drummond could obviously offer you some some more interior scoring, but the way that Donovan has this team playing offensively. And the way that you see Thad Young really thriving in that you know um, pocket passer role at you know towards the top of uh, top of the paint area, and, and either going to work in the post or spraying out to shooters, I think they want to see Wendell continue to develop that set of skills to see if he can be that small ball you know uh, pocket passing center that Thad has excelled at this season. And if you just, you know, get acquire Drummond and start him, that's never really been a part of Drummond's game. He's a bruiser down low, and he's good at doing that. But I don't see him as a piece that really fits with what Donovan's been doing offensively this season and what they would like to see Wendell continue to improve
2: upon offensively this season. What about you? I think he's going to add much. Much needed strength, size, just somebody be, to be a bully in this system, too. That's the guy we don't have. I think a lot of people want Gafford to be that guy. Just don't think he's nearly as close as maybe some thought last year. He's certainly not a bruiser the way Drummond is either. And, and man, Drummond can fill it up, too. I think it... I think about this, like, why would they make this move short-term and long-term? Those are the two things I've been thinking about the most. Short-term, it makes sense. It's another sign to Zach Levine, to Thaddeus Young, to some of the other guys on this team that, hey, we're committed to winning. And it's also kind of a little bit of a signal to everybody else around the league. Like, this is another step in the right direction. It's a step towards winning. That means something. As much as you want to laugh at it, or if you think it only matters a little bit, every little bit counts still. And I think that's in part would be one part of the reason why you would make this move. Another move is too, if you if it's just a matter of swapping contracts with Cleveland for Otto Porter Jr who you might be talking about buying out in a few weeks anyway and it costs you a second round pick or two second round picks, you might do it just to improve overall the chemistry on this team. And I think man Who's to say it doesn't give you an opportunity to see in certain lineups what Wendell could do at the four, right? I mean, you could play Drummond and him at the four and the five or keep Thaddeus Young at the five and play Wendell next to him too. I mean, nah, that's see, an option. I don't, I
1: don't think you can play Wendell and Drummond together, man, because then you have absolutely no floor spacing.
2: So then you, you have, play him with you Thaddeus have Young. non
1: non-shooters on the floor at the same
2: time so then you play you play him with Thaddeus Young so you're going for more of a defensive lineup you play him with Thaddeus Young and I'm not talking about a lot man I'm just saying like hey let's experiment and see like he's he's kind of floated this idea for the last year or so let's see if he can do it and we've got ample, ample bigs to be able to make mixes and matches and that's kind of what Billy Donovan has done with his lineups all year so th- like all of those pieces together make for a couple of logical reasons of why you would acquire Drummond I don't know man like I don't think it would hurt Wendell's confidence. It would be like, hey, we're trying to win right now. Your role isn't any less significant or important, but uh, we're emphasizing at least a little bit of trying to win and continue to progress as a team. And you do it by acquiring decent players. Also, too, dude, Drummond is 27. He's not old. So anybody thinking he's like an old man, Drummond's 27. He's just been in the league a really long time.
1: Hey, man, just because you're 27 doesn't mean you're not old. Ask Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. That is true. Which
1: we, we should, Jordan, talk about these weird auto buyout rumors that just uh, got dropped earlier today. Uh, before that, though, wanted to tell our listeners about our great friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100% pure chocolate on all of their protein bars. And now is the time to find out which built bar is the best. That's right, get ready for it. It's Built Bar March Madness. If you go to builtbar.com, you can check out their brackets right now, starting with the round of 32. Today's matchups are Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Marshmallow Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus raspberry if i'm casting my votes right now i'm probably going apple almond crisp over the churro marshmallow puff marshmallows weird me out i'm not a fan uh and peanut butter brownie over raspberry in a tight one i do love the raspberry flavor but peanut butter brownie is just one of my absolute staples and favorites jordan so this is a really fun thing that built bar is doing all of our listeners who have been trying out built bar uh using them for uh, you know your your midday energy, your post workout reward, go to builtbar.com right now and uh, and check out these brackets and cast your vote. Uh, and always be sure to use that promo code locked on for twenty percent off your next order of delicious built bars at builtbar.com. Once again, builtbar.com promo code locked on built bar March Madness. Oh, get buckets, Uh-oh. Otto Porter. Uh-oh. All night long.
2: 37 night. in a game. Woo. Damn, yeah. Think about that. That wasn't too long ago, man, that Otto Porter was filling it up, having 37 in a game for the Bulls. Man, it's far. It's a far sight from where he is right now, which is kind of unknown, man. I don't know what... I know we were talking with some other friends around the network at Locked On about like what's going on with him. Could he potentially be bought out? Is he going to be a part of a deal leading up to the deadline? I honestly don't know, man. It could go any of these ways. I'm sure AK is going to bring it to the deadline and say, hey, if we can flip Otto's contract and get something if we're intrigued with the trade, that's what they're ultimately going to do. But did you even think about a, a potential buyout as an option for the Bulls?
1: Uh, I mean, no. This is the first I've heard of it. So I wasn't thinking about it. Um, you know, And in case uh, those of you missed it, uh, didn't see it, this was from Kevin O'Connor's most recent NBA Power Rankings column for The Ringer. And in the Bulls section, he mentioned that according to some league executives around the league that he's talked to, there is some belief that Otto Porter Jr. and the Bulls might come to terms on some kind of buyout agreement and that were Otto to be bought out, there would be several teams interested, including the Golden State Warriors. So that's basically what the report was earlier today. It's the first I've heard of it, Jordan. None of the local bulls beat writers and reporters, the you know the the trustworthy ones that we get our information from, or none of the go-to national NBA reporters—you know, the Wojes and the Shams and the Mark Steins—none of them had mentioned anything about this. Bobby Marks didn't mention it in his trade deadline column, breaking down where the Bulls are and what's going on with their various pieces. So this caught me by surprise. Like, I get that he is on a gigantic expiring contract and hasn't really been a piece that fits. Because he's been mostly unavailable since the trade with Washington back in 2019. So logically it makes sense, but it's the first I've heard of it. We also, I think it should be worth noting, heard from Arturis when he spoke to the media last week doing his, you know, midseason assessment of this team, mentioning getting not only Larry Market, but Otto Porter Jr. back in the fold and in this team's rotation for a playoff push in the second half of the season. So much like everything we talk about where we hear a rumor about the Bulls, I'm guessing this didn't come from the Bulls. And KOC said, executives around the league, I'm guessing that AK and Evergley are not those executives.
2: His situation, man, this year has just been very bizarre. It's been very, very bizarre. I I don't, we don't really even have a sense of like how he, like how he gets along with the team, if his relationship's good with the new front office. Like we, we don't hear too much about Otto but I guess he's in the training facility every single day trying to work his way back. That's what we've been told, but even a couple of weeks ago, Billy Donovan said like he's still nowhere near being able to take physical contact and doing all of these other things. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, if he doesn't get traded or bought out by the deadline, then maybe AK's words are true, is that hopefully they can get him some sometime, back sometime maybe by the last month of the season, last couple of weeks, if they are looking to make a playoff spot or at least be in the play-in games. So, I mean, the Bulls are not are in a no lose situation with Otto this year. It's either he comes back and helps the Bulls win some games, or he helps them acquire a player or some picks, or simply doesn't play, walks away, and his twenty eight million dollars are off the book at the end of the season. So I don't think the Bulls are in a losing situation in this one. But yeah, bio would be kind of weird. I don't know why they would do that.
1: I mean, and why would the Warriors or any team out there be interested? in a dude who can't play because he's got a bad back. Like you said, I mean, like he's not even participating in practices. The last we heard, he's not doing five on five. He's doing some things by himself, but that even he, after trying to ramp up his activity, had to like scale it back down a couple weeks ago. That's what we heard. So who out there is trying to, to bring in a guy who's this unreliable right now, And I I mean, so I guess there is another conspiracy theory string that you could pull the thread of to say maybe Otto and his people are talking around the league because he is hoping to get a buyout and go to, I don't know, some contender this season. Although the Warriors, you know, despite an amazing season from Curry to keep them competitive, I wouldn't certainly label them a contender without Clay. Um, But... I mean, I I guess that's another possibility is that Otto and his people are leaking this because he wants out of Chicago and he wants out ASAP and is actually not as hurt as we are hearing that he is. But, you know, in... Even if that were the case, what is he like, you know, going around whispering to teams like, hey, my bad back's actually not that bad of a back. It's a kind of bad back, but it's an okay back and I can play. I'm just choosing not to play for the Bulls right now, but I'd love to come play for you. Like what team is knocking down the door to bring that guy?
2: You do. You do bring up a really good point about maybe it it, it could be more of Otto's people, just maybe somebody in his camp his agent whoever just kind of floating this out there but think about it too like even if like say you do go make a deal for drummond and they don't waive him you flip otto for drummond the bulls keep drummond here and cleveland comes to a buyout and otto gets to go wherever he wants anyway so that kind of makes sense like there's a couple of other teams where you would make deals and in that scenario otto would end up being bought out uh, by that team but again the connection is you can draw you You can draw straight lines to all of the dots here and you can connect the dots a little bit. So I don't now that I think about it a little bit more, I don't think it's bizarre. I don't think the Bulls specifically would buy him out, but maybe it's a deal in order to get him to a spot where a team would buy him out and he gets to go where he wants. But you're right, man, like we haven't seen him play since the beginning of the season and it was very in in a very, very limited role. Uh, It's just it's I don't know. I don't know. He's a, he's a mystery. He's a mystery of this team. The same way Chandler Hutchison is a very big mystery.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. What the hell is going on with Hutch? We don't know. Um, I, I will be curious to get our next update on Otto from the bulls from Donovan. Same. Uh, especially, you know, if, if the bulls have the next four days off, have had the past couple of days off and have had the team together outside of Zach being in Atlanta for, you know, 36 hours. I'm sure that Donovan gave his guys some time off, but you would assume with how insane the schedule is going to be tightly compact in the second half, he would want to at least get a couple of good practices in during this little all-star break. So before their first game back in action Thursday night, will we between now and Thursday get an update from the bulls had a practice and here's what Otto did or did not do at said practice because you know, he and Lowry, we would expect, are both guys who we will be getting regular updates on as they theoretically get closer to returning from their respective injuries. Because AK said in his comments last week that they were looking forward to getting both guys back from respective injuries. So, you know, keep an eye out for, for any updates this week as far as what the heck's going on with Otto and how soon he might be back because this buyout thing came out of nowhere. Um, and uh it, it didn't sound like the Bulls had made any such plans thus far, but we know things are fluid and things are especially fluid as you get closer to that trade deadline. So we'll we'll see what happens.
2: I don't think so. I'm gonna have to go back and listen and do a little bit more digging, but I just want to float this out as maybe a tease for tomorrow's episode too, man. I don't think that they're I don't get so far off saying that the Bulls and OKC could be a potential trade partner, too. Staying on this same path of, hey, a potential buyout team, team with a decent chunk of salary space right now, aren't probably going anywhere if they're trying to sell off assets. And OKC is one of them. Al Horford's making $27.5 million. Uh, I believe OKC's only paying him like 17 or 18 of that. Uh, but also, too a guy that's on a one-year expiring deal and Mike Muscala who's been filling it up for them too, that would address two of your bigs needs. And maybe it's as simple as, hey, here's Otto, you buy him out, you'll be off the money and off the books at the end of this season and maybe we'll give you, for giving Al Horford back to us, maybe we'll give you Chandler Hutchison who's not even cracking the rotation right now. Like That's a spot that there could be something there, man. Uh, what do you think quickly just about Al Horford? And-
1: Obviously, the contract uh, that he signed with Philly was a bit much um, for where Horford is in his career. He's he's clearly fallen off a bit as he hits his mid-30s. He's under contract this year for 27.5, next season 27, and then 2022-23 20, at age 36, 26.5. So that's a lot more money due to one Al Horford who is getting up there in age and whose usefulness is not where it was even a few years ago. If he if the Bulls still believe that he has more you know tread left on the tires, more more miles left in the tank, then I I could see that piece being worth the financial commitment, but they would have to be really convinced that he was going to bring exactly what they need because that is cap space that could otherwise be used towards, we know that the 21 free agent class is depleted and not what it once was, but there are still some names out there. Uh, you could use some of that cap space to renegotiate Zach's contract this off season, get his extension on the books and avoid unrestricted free agency a year from now. Uh, again, that would take some, some pretty heavy convincing from the bulls because obviously Zach would know that there are, as a a greater opportunity for more money. If he waits for unrestricted free agency, or even just using some of that cap space to accommodate whatever trades for acquiring a Sarvia trade that AK and Eversley might want to do. So, you know, I, I would no longer put Al Horford in the category of stars. When you're talking about getting a star player to come play here with Zach Levine, addressing a position of need. Yes, but at that cost and his age, I'm not sure if I were AK and Eversley that I would have that at the top of my list of priorities.
2: Let me see if this changes your mind at all. Al Horford's only owed $14.5 million in his final year. Lines up with the same timeline as Zach Levine will be a free agent that year. Thaddeus Young will be a free agent that year. Thomas Sadoransky will be a free agent that year. So you'll you'll be in decision-making mode and you'll have a better idea of the path that you're going down for this with this team specifically. Uh, only owing him a fraction of that contract in that last year makes it a little bit easier for me to kind of swallow his contract as a whole so next year yeah you're paying him 27 million but who cares like how, where are you spending that cap space anyway like who are you spending right. that on and who are you getting it in free agency at least you're obtaining the two things that have been very successful for this team so far in in this brief new front office reliable vets guys that can step up and be leaders and Al Horford's got the best connection to Billy Donovan that we've seen so far. I mean, how many times has Billy Donovan brought up Al Horford in the last, just in this season alone? References him a lot. So I think bringing in a veteran like that, if it doesn't cost you a lot, and you don't think that you're going to be able to sign anybody of, of relevancy next year or this offseason, why not? I like Al Horford, man. And I think he's been having a, an underrated season with OKC. But I understand like the age, the injury concerns, and the contract as well.
1: Yeah and you know that that is uh interesting. I I had forgotten that he's only partially guaranteed in that final year. So 14 and a half million is a lot easier to swallow than 26 um, and a half. Um and maybe makes him a more in, enticing um player to explore uh for AK and Eversley. You know I am with you man. Like yes, like he he's still a useful player. Um and and maybe AK and Eversley view him as adding a piece at yes, probably a little over, uh, you know, market value as far as what you're paying him, but just adding a quality veteran, as you said, one who is respected by your head coach, who has experience playing for head coach um, successfully, back-to-back titles uh, at Florida. I, like a lot, a lot of it makes sense. A lot of it makes sense. It's just all about whether or not they think that is the best way to spend their money, and and it may be. So, I, I, compared to some other ideas I've heard. I would say that, you know, I, I'm more open to Horford, and I think he would probably make a bigger and better difference than some of those other names that we've tossed around recently, including Andre Drummond.
2: You know what he's been doing really well is passing, man. He's averaging six six point seven assists a game. He's also averaging nearly seven rebounds a game too. He's putting in 14 a game too, so his shooting percentage is at the lowest it's ever been in his career, which isn't great. But yeah, I mean, like a buy low candidate like him, I wouldn't mind it. Or somebody of that nature, right? Like we had just talked about Drummond, somebody of that nature. Let me ask this really fast before we get out of here. Who helps you win more right now this season? Is it, is it Horford or is it Drummond?
1: Some of our listeners might think it's crazy to take the guy who's 10 years older and clearly no longer in his prime. But I probably lean Horford, man. He has more experience playing on winning teams than Andre Drummond does. And um I think he would be another a, an amazing addition uh to this locker room. Uh another amazing addition of veteran experience and leadership, a smart player, a quality two way player. And um yeah, I, I think that he would probably get the Bulls a little bit farther than Drummond would.
2: Drummond's a great shot blocker, man, but yeah, the, the offense is the potential with him. Is like if you needed a big that can score, and while we don't have that consistently right now, it's not the biggest of needs. It's a guy that can just help the defense when you have to bring the bench in or just bring in some help. I think Horford wouldn't have to play the 28 minutes a night he's playing right now in OKC either. Cut that in half. I mean, Vicky could be very valuable, so I think I'm with you by a slight... If we're talking long-term, though, for the next couple of years... I would say Drummond's probably the guy that helps you win faster. But I don't know, man. Again, I don't know. Thaddeus Young's been the best player Zach Levine's ever played with. So I don't know how Zach Levine plays with veterans of this caliber, former All-Stars like this. We, we've we never seen this before. So we don't know what the potential could be untapped for both of those guys if he does come here and play with somebody like the caliber of Zach Levine. So that's the other mystery, too.
1: And I think that if... You're talking about still wanting to commit to Wendell's development in the second half of the season, as we discussed Um, assuming healthy committing to seeing what Lowry could do in the second half of the season. Horford is a more uh, malleable piece lineups wise rotations wise to go along with Wendell and Lowry and Thad than Drummond is because that, You know Horford can occasionally space the floor. Horford, as you mentioned, is a very quality passer and could, I think, excel in this Donovan offense, the way that he's getting his bigs to move the ball and hit shooters. I think Horford is a better fit than Drummond in that sense as well.
2: Good call, man. Yeah, I I think we're both on board, though, for the Bulls to... And maybe this is... Maybe it's just going out and plucking somebody that gets bought out or... Whatever, signing somebody to a 10 day contract just to try somebody. I think the Bulls are going to try to address the need in just needing some type of big help. So, uh, this wouldn't be bad starts. These are two options. If anybody out there wants to give us your trade machine ideas, potential options heading to the trade deadline any of your questions hit us up at 331-979-1369 your texts your voicemails anything you got for us 331-979-1369 you can always hit us up on twitter as well at jordancmalley at bulls underscore peck and at locked on bulls for matt peck i'm jordan malley bulls nation have a wonderful day be back tomorrow with a fresh episode for jordan and matt we are out
0: Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.